Travis Ryer, the BamaOnline.com staff from the media viewing period at Monday's practice at the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide back at work on this Labor Day Monday following Saturday's 42-3 win over the Duke Blue Devils. It is Labor Day, so we're working, right? We're out here. We're getting it covered for you as the Crimson Tide goes to work on the Aggies of New Mexico State. Now, you know, on Saturday, a lot of you are going to be coming to Tuscaloosa. I hope it's a little bit cooler for you, although I will say this. The thermometer reads like 94, 95 coming over to practice today. That's what it read anyway. About this time, Saturday, it'll be, it'll be what, halftime, maybe coming out for the start of the third quarter at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Uh, the game should be well in hand for the Crimson Tide by that point, so maybe some of you will have stumbled down to the strip or one of your favorite haunts in downtown Tuscaloosa. But there is a breeze blowing today. It's a hot day. It's a humid day. But I'm looking over at the flags right now atop the scoreboard at the Joe, and they're whipping around pretty good. So maybe you'll catch a little relief in the form of a breeze on Saturday if it is this warm for that 2019 home opener. Before that, though, the Crimson Tide out there today in shells, shoulder pads, and helmets. Again, fresh from season victory number one over the Duke Blue Devils. Um, from an injury standpoint, looks like Alabama came out of the game in pretty good shape. One notable exception to that out there today, we saw Xavier McKinney, the outstanding junior safety for the Crimson Tide. He wasn't in a black non-contact jersey, but that left hand was uh, heavily bandaged as he went through defensive back drills. So we'll see what that means for his availability through the week. We didn't hear anything specific from Nick Saban in regards to Xavier McKinney earlier today during Saban's Monday news conference. Uh, one of those situations that a guy like Xavier McKinney try, probably tries to play through. Um, but we'll see. That was of note. We also saw Justin Aboigby, the freshman defensive end, still in a non-contact jersey, still in a boot with that foot injury. Uh, he was out on the practice field with a member of the training staff. Doesn't look like he's doing a whole lot for the immediate future anyway. Um, otherwise, again, a team that looked to be in uh, pretty good shape. Emil Echior, uh, you saw him go down with the knee injury against Duke on Saturday or the leg injury. Uh, we did not see him out at practice today. Charlie Potter noted to me coming out that he did not also see Hunter Brannon, the offensive lineman, at today's practice. Otherwise, a team that, uh, again, though, looks to be in pretty good shape. Uh, a nice opening week win over Duke. Took a little bit of time to get going, but once the offense had all of its usual pieces or expected pieces, uh, most notably, the two running backs, Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, and, of course, Devontae Smith made an immediate impact at wide receiver once he was available there in the second quarter, too. Uh, you saw things pick up. Alabama outscores Duke 35-3 to in the second and third quarters and pulls away to a rather, rather easy 42-3 to win. And, yeah, it wasn't the fast start for the offense that you've grown accustomed to seeing over the last – well, 16 games, all of last year for the most part, and then, you know, into Saturday's game. But I think if you're an Alabama fan, you had to be very pleased with the way that defense responded. Uh, from the outset, producing a three and out on the first series, uh, standing up to a takeaway by the Duke defense of Jerome Ford, 
there early in the game, getting a stand. True freshman linebacker Shane Lee joining Raquan Davis and making a big stop on a fourth and short play from inside the Alabama 10. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you had to pick anyway, if you're an Alabama fan, I got to think uh, you would have sided with seeing that type of performance from the defense, understanding that Duke going through some changes, obviously at the quarterback position, but a couple of running backs that big things are expected from this season. I thought Alabama, for the most part, defensively did a good job on uh, Deion Jackson and Britton Brown. Made quarterback Quentin Harris try to win the game from the pocket uh, between Harris and a limited skill set at the wide receiver positions. You knew that probably wasn't going to happen. That plays into a strength of Alabama's, which is, I think, cornerback play, as Trayvon Diggs showed you on Saturday, and then also gives that pass rush an opportunity to impact things as well. Offensively, uh, as you might expect, the run game, kind of a topic of consternation here in the last couple of days, uh, other than Jerome Ford's 37-yard touchdown run there in the fourth quarter. Not the most uh, prolific of outings for the, the Alabama run game. Not a surprise in some ways because you did have three interior starters getting the nod for the first time. Uh, in their Alabama careers, two of those guys, Landon Dickerson and Evan Neal, playing in their first game, suiting up for their first games at Alabama. Chris Owens making his first start at center. Not only that, you had some turnover at the tight end position as an extension of that offensive line. Um, Hale Hinches, Irv Smith, both make 53-man rosters in the National Football League. So not as simple as just, well, you know, replace your guard-to-guard -guard options and then, oh, by the way, your, your first two tight ends from a year ago. Uh, and, oh, by the way, a first-round running back and another running back taken in the earlier rounds in Damian Harris, and you'll be just fine in the run game. I do think once we see more of Najee Harris and Brian Robinson from the outset of games, you'll see uh, probably an uptick in Alabama's uh, performance. But uh, I think in every aspect they have some things to work on. I think they're still – an evaluation process going on at those interior spots. You lose Echior, it looks like, for a week a week or two, according to Nick Saban. So that takes one of those out of the mix. But Landon Dickerson showed some nice things, I thought, on Saturday. Um, you know, you just got to kind of make the decision here. And competition, you know, kind of muddles that a little bit this week because, honestly, you're just not expecting to get much of a push from New Mexico State's front seven. But um, – you know, you've got South Carolina on the road a week from Saturday, so I'm sure they'd like things to be settled pretty well before they make that road trip to Columbia, which, by the way, if you haven't heard, Jake Bentley, South Carolina starting quarterback, out, uh, reportedly out for an extended period of time with a foot injury now. So it looks like Alabama, one week from Saturday, will see a true freshman, Hylinski, the true freshman, uh, is expected to go uh, for the Gamecocks in that matchup. Gamecocks coming off a tough one there in Charlotte against North Carolina. So um, there you go. That's kind of some notes and items of interest from Monday's practice. It was one media viewing period, so it was rather quick as far as the defensive line goes. The groupings looked pretty much like what we saw on Saturday. I thought we would see a few more defensive linemen in the game, but – it was kind of a five-man rotation. Fedarian Mathis, I thought, was very effective off the bench. 
We did see Byron Young, the true freshman, as a part of that rotation. We saw Stefan win coming off that ankle injury later in the game. So it was five to six guys. I would think perhaps this week against New Mexico State we might see a couple more, uh, maybe of those uh, those true freshmen as well. Maybe Vita Musica uh, makes an appearance in, in this kind of game as well. What do you got for me on a Monday? I know most of you people are out by the pool. You're maybe at the lake. You're out in the boat, you know. Thinking about our friends, by the way, over there on the East Coast with uh, Hurricane Dorian uh, kind of doing its thing, man. Batting down the hatches. I got family there in Northeast Florida, and, uh, you know, we're just hoping for the best. Yeah, D, Shane Lee and Christian Harris for their first time out, I thought uh, played extremely well. And, you know, Alabama gave up a couple plays um, in the game. But, uh, you know, some of those you're not entirely sure if it's all on the linebackers, if it's a defensive lineman getting out of a gap and kind of exposing Shane Lee on one of the long runs that Duke, game, Duke had in the game. You know, Christian Harris had a tough matchup in the slot on one particular pass play to the tight end for Duke uh, that they converted. Duke did into a semi-explosive play. But, man, all in all, you know, Shane Lee was calling the defense, too, right there from the middle. You could see Xavier McKinney there in the secondary too, kind of handling the back end of that. But I'll tell you, it does help because you've got a veteran presence like that directly behind your middle linebacker in McKinney. But then you also have guys like Anthony Jennings, Terrell Lewis to his left and right in certain packages. Um, so he's sort of buoyed not only by talent, but by some guys who have played a lot of football. I mean, Anthony Jennings, that was the third straight season opener he started for Alabama. So that certainly helps. And then up front, you know, Raekwon's been around, LeBron Ray's been around, and that helps with a true freshman nose tackle too. And DJ Dale, who, by the way, your co-defensive lineman of the week in the Southeastern Conference following his first game at Alabama. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if, if it was, you know, Here's the thing at outside linebacker. I just talked about Anthony Jennings. Anthony Jennings is still Alabama's top outside linebacker. If they open the game like they did Saturday in the nickel package, you're going to have Anthony Jennings on the field at Jack linebacker, LeBron Ray at defensive end. You're going to have Raquan Davis at a defensive end, and you're going to have DJ Dale at nose tackle. You know, if you're in base, that's when you get into the second. Uh, outside linebacker and then dime rabbits like you saw on Saturday with Anthony Jennings and uh, Terrell Lewis in there together and uh, you had uh, Raquan Davis inside you had DJ Dale inside I think LeBron Ray worked inside in the rabbits too so you're gonna have a lot of Anthony Jennings uh, no matter what but certainly Lewis early in that second quarter made his presence felt in the pass rush I think the offensive line is just going to take some time, you know. I mean, you can try to manufacture cohesiveness and chemistry and all those things and camp and, you know, you have you have a starter at the one guard spot who just got on campus this summer and you have another starter at the guard spot who got on campus in January. And then, yes, you have a program veteran in Chris Owens, um, but there's a lot to figure out there. And I thought at times, you know, Duke did a good job of sort of exposing that early in the game. You saw Duke um, with some pre-snap movement. Uh, Brian Robinson 
on a third and one play in the second quarter gets dropped for a three-yard loss, well, you've got a Duke defensive lineman head up Chris Owens, and then right before the snap, he jumps in the gap between Owens and Echior, and it looked like neither one of those guys were totally sure about who was supposed to take it, and uh, it ends up in a three-yard loss. So you got to work through some of those things, but at the same time, you got to sort of look at it and evaluate it as, now, was it entirely cohesiveness issues or chemistry or things like that, or were there some cases where guys just flat out got whipped? Um, if that's the case, then yeah, you're looking at tweaking some personnel probably. You saw Ben Davis on Saturday, JJ. Ben was out there with the twos, uh, or with the, the next wave. I think you saw him maybe on special teams too. Yeah, I think David, you, I wrote about this after the game too. You gotta give Duke some credit on defense. I mean, those two defensive tackles have been around. One was a six year senior. Um, so that matters. You know, that's 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 important. Um, I, I, I was impressed with Duke uh, defensively, and I thought they had a plan that, you know, was intent on being disruptive, especially against an inexperienced front. Um, and then you start the game with a first-time starter at running back, so that can impact things in your pass protection as well. I hear you, Josh. Duke isn't. Uh, considered a favorite to win their own conference, but you know if that had been USC on Saturday, everybody'd be talking about, man, what a what an impressive win just because of the helmet. Because USC right now, if you put them on a neutral field with Duke, uh, I think Duke might beat USC right now. Anything else before we get out of here, guys? We're going to uh, get home. We've got you know you've got um, you got football tonight. You got your boys, your boys from Notre Dame tonight taking on Louisville at the stadium formerly known as Papa John's. Like the artist previously known as Prince, that's Papa John's Stadium. Yeah, Bo, that was interesting. Ali Caho in there at the fullback position and some of the goal line stuff. Um, Saban said today he likes his athleticism. You've seen it in the past with some linebackers. At Alabama, I guess most recently, Mac Wilson. Uh, it looked like Caho uh, on the touchdown pass to on uh, on the touchdown pass to Major Tennyson. It looked like Caho was trying to work out into that flat too, but he was occupied, which I think told Tua to go ahead and hit Tennyson out there. Was that Spider Y two Banana? As uh, it looked like it, it looked like in it Spider Y two Banana that John Gruden. Is always talked about. That's what that play looked like. But um, it, it's interesting. I think it's good on a couple levels. I think any way you can make use of your roster, uh, especially with guys that maybe at their respective primary position are a little bit down the depth chart. Uh, and in Ali Cahoe's situation, he's got two true freshmen in front of him now. It's a great way to keep guys engaged uh, and manage your roster. Um, because as soon as you allow that to sort of not be the case, that's when you really can uh, potentially endure a lot of turnover. Not that Saban's just going to put any guy in there to, to make him feel better, um, but I think it's smart. I think you, 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 try to, you try to establish as many roles for guys as you can, and then you emphasize the importance of every role. 
Oh, I don't know. You know, there were some pass interference calls in the game. Um, you know, they're, they're not necessarily taught to turn their heads around um, and try to run with guys running four threes. You can't run as fast with your head around. Um, so it's a it's a tough it's a tough position. If you've never covered a power five wide receiver running a go route, I, I don't know if we can really speak to the difficulty of that. And I'll give Quentin Harris some credit too. He he had a pretty good deep ball. Um, you know, the one on Trayvon Diggs, I thought Bracey just made a hell of a catch. And the ball was in a good spot too. Uh, the ball placement was good. The receiver made a hell of a catch. I didn't think there was a whole lot Diggs could do there. You know, you start turning your head early and uh, you start losing phase as guys like Saban like to put it and, and guys beat you by 10 yards. So tough gig, but yeah, some of the younger DBs, they're gonna learn. You know, it's a technique that's taught, not just at Alabama, but pretty much everywhere. Is Najee going to be a scat back? I don't know, Mike. Um, I think Najee's going to be an every down back. Now, you heard Saban today, I thought was interesting, talking about the run game. It didn't sound like he was exceptionally pleased with some of the decisions and approaches that were taken by the running backs. You know, I added it up. And Alabama tried to run the football on 11 plays Saturday that involved a yard that was needed to either move the chains or score a touchdown. 11 times they ran the ball with a yard to go in the game. They ran for a combined 13 yards on those 11 attempts. Now, look, short yardage, goal line, you know those are hard yards. Uh, but certainly, you would expect Alabama to be better than that. Yeah, the thing about the run game, too, is, I mean, if teams are going to play two safeties deep and kind of give you a six-man box, even against three wide receivers, you got to run the ball on that. Keelan Robinson, Bo, I thought we might see him earlier in the game than we did, um, but he did make an appearance. And uh, not the biggest back in the world, but you go back and you watch even his high school stuff, uh, he's not scared. He's pretty fearless between the tackles. Maybe we'll see more of them this week against the Aggies coming to pick up that $1.7 million check. Yeah, you know, Najee's, Najee's going to give you some of that, though. Um, he is 230, 225. He looks like a guy that maybe ought to be more of a bruiser. Um, but Najee's not afraid to make that jump cut even on second and one. And you saw him do it the other day and he gets tripped up. I don't think he was pleased with Miller Forrestall, but I'm not sure if Charles Huff and or Nick Saban were pleased with Najee because you immediately saw Brian Robinson come into the game. So I think, again, Saban earlier today with some comments about, you know, understanding what the, the, the play is and sort of what needs to happen. You know, second and one, third and one, you got to go get the yard. And that's why I think you'll continue to see Brian Robinson. And, uh, you know, it's got to be one of those two guys because when you look at their running back setup right now, I don't think it's going to be Jerome Ford on third and one. Yeah, Ryan, I thought Josh Job had a good game. I know he got hit with the uh, one pass interference call, and you're probably going to have to live with that for him because – he takes a physical approach to it. You know, I don't think you want to uh, 
I don't think you want to take that out of his game. So uh, he's probably going to have one or two of those every couple of games. Um, but I thought he was good. I thought the secondary, I mean, you produce three takeaways. You know, you'll take that every week. Yeah, I mean, the pass interference is so subjective. You know, it, it, you can have receiver and DB basically going at it, especially in college, all the way down the field. And, you know, the, the defensive back's going to get called a lot of the times. JJ, I thought the uh, – I thought the linebackers were really good, you know. Uh, Christian Harris, six tackles. Shane Lee, six tackles. I like the uh, poise and the uh, confidence that they played with. Uh, you know, there's still a long ways to go, and everything's on tape every week now. So it's not going to end with Duke showing them some different things like they saw especially in the first couple of series on Saturday even some flex bump there on that second possession for Duke. So, you know, there's a lot of good offensive coordinators out there. And I think the one thing you will continue to see is teams try to spread Alabama out more and still try to work on Shane Lee in the middle of the field, um, whether that's with some runs, quarterback draws. And he handled those pretty good on Saturday. But I, I don't think, you know, one game is going to be enough of tape to convince – a lot of these teams, well, you know, these guys are really good, so take your shot at Trayvon Diggs and Patrick Sertain. No, that's still where I think opposing offenses are going to look to go, at least early while the game's competitive. What does New Mexico State have to offer? Well, if you've ever been to Las Cruces, it's beautiful. It's beautiful out there at New Mexico State. I've been out there. Las Cruces is awesome. You know, it's also some of the uh, – some of the actual grounds were like Billy the Kid and some of those cats actually ran the roost out there. Good Mexican food out there. Techno, not, not this Tex-Mex stuff. I'm talking about the authentic stuff out there. Other than that, uh, I've, I've really got into New Mexico State. I know they lost, what, 58-7 to Saturday at Washington State. You know, they're one of the very worst teams in FBS. All right, gang, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, Rock, I agree. Before I get out of here, I do think I, look, Will Reichert's going to be okay. I mean, you give the guy a 49 and a 48 to start off his college career. Uh, if he missed from 30 and 34 even, you know, I could get it a little bit. But, you know, I said this earlier today on my radio program, which you can hear weekday mornings from 11 a.m. until noon at Tide109.com. Southern Fried Sports. Um, what I like about Reichert is he puts the ball in the end zone. He's going to produce a lot of touchbacks. He's a guy that can help you preserve some of your frontline players. You know, Saban and a lot of coaches, they still use a lot of starter types on kick coverage units, including kickoffs. And, um, you know, I like the fact that with those seven touchbacks on Saturday, guys like Xavier McKinney, you know, if they were going to get hurt in the game, um, they weren't going to get hurt on kickoff coverage. So it saves some guys some some hits. So that's a good thing, I think, from a roster standpoint. And, you know, obviously from a field position standpoint, you're good with with teams taking those touchbacks. Um, Reichert's going to be fine. Two punts, 40-yard average. 
Uh, for as much as he's got on him right now, I didn't see anything that kind of sent a red flag up for me. Um, I, I want to see more, but I, I didn't see enough really negatively to think, oh, well, this guy may not be able to get it done. All right, gang, have a great rest of your Labor Day Monday. We'll do this again on Wednesday, okay? Instant analysis will be back on Wednesday. This will upload, download, I don't know what it is. It's going to be on the Built by Bama online podcast stream coming up here in a little bit. So if you miss some or most or you don't really want to go through it again, but if you do, it'll be on that Built by Bama online podcast stream. Thanks as always for joining us. Charlie Potter with that practice report right now for you at BamaOnline.com. We'll have continuing coverage of the Crimson Tide throughout the week. So keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. Have a great Monday night.